I have been thinking all week long about the year ahead, and I do that every year at the beginning. If you were here last week, you heard me offer a New Year's message. The year is only eight days old, and I have another message for the year. Is that okay? Okay, good. If you had said no, then I would say, okay, let's be quiet while everybody who doesn't want to hear this can go. If you had to pick one word to define a Christian, what would the word be? There was a professor at seminary who asked a class that I was in to consider that. Uh, It generated a a wonderful conversation. Uh, There were lots of really interesting answers that were given. Some arguments even uh, arose. And there was one student in that class who was a bit older than the rest of us who sat back while we talked. And when we were done, he offered his answer. Joyful. A Christian is someone who's joyful, not because everything is going his way, but because he sees everything differently because of his faith in Christ. Joyful, that's my answer. In this year ahead of us, whether we are joyful or not is not actually going to be determined by what's happening all around us. We've definitely been taught to think about joy in that way. It's the result of how your circumstances unfold. It's not true. It will come down to whether we see the world through eyes that come when we are in faith, entrusting ourselves to Jesus. And I want you, I want you to see the world through eyes of faith, every one of you, to put yourself into Jesus' hands in this year, and then see the world through his eyes there in his embrace. Listen to these words. These are the words of a man who put himself into Jesus' hands, and because of that, everything looked different. This is Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice Joy, in the Bible, is a picture of life where every deep longing that you have, which is good, is met. Where the satisfaction and the happiness that you were made for is realized in your experiences every day. It's pictured with really beautiful poetic images. Imagine yourself sitting at a banquet with well Aged wine set there before you to make your heart glad. And all of the food that you could ever want, and you're sitting beside people who are like family to you. That's joy. Imagine yourself at a celebration where young and old are together, and the music is playing, and every, everyone's dancing. And you like the music, everyone does, and you can dance. For me, this is a bit of a stretch, but imagine it. <laughs> or, or imagine this. Imagine going to sleep in a desert where you don't have what you need, but then waking up in the morning and absolutely everything that you need or could want is right there. The whole environment has been transformed into a lush garden. Can you picture that? Joy, rejoicing always is what you were made for. And it is a possibility before every man, every woman who will put herself into the hands 
of Jesus, it can be a reality that you are able, like this man says, to rejoice always. And when you read that, rejoice in the Lord always, and you say, wait a minute, what did he just say? He repeats himself, so you'll get it. Again, I will say, rejoice. Because listen now, these are not the words of a man who lives in that unreality of constant ease and success that you picture when you think about life as it should be. Do any of you have that, a picture of somebody who's got it so easy and everything always goes their way that they're the kind of person who could say something like this and you want to strangle them? Yes or no? <laughs> the thing about the man who wrote these words, listen now, is that he lived in miserable circumstances. He had every reason to be full of grief and down and discouraged. He did, just like you will. But he was able to say and mean it that rejoicing always is the pathway that's not only possible for you, it's the one that God is inviting you on at every moment. And every one of you is invited onto that path, even right now as I speak. How did he do it? How did he rejoice always? The answer, it comes down to the point of view that he had learned to take. It, it, it comes down to how he looked at what was behind him and what was happening right now and also how he chose to look at what hadn't happened yet, the future. And, and to put it in a nutshell, he was able to see the past and the present and the future. He was able to see those through the faith that he had in Christ rather than in the natural way he tended to look at all three of them. Do you know what I mean by that? Do you have a natural way of looking at the past and the present and the future? This morning, I hope to give you, it may sound like a too grand of a hope, but to give you a supernatural way of looking at all three. Uh, to show you how faith faces what's behind and how faith There are three moments in this letter where Paul's change in perspective comes through in what he writes, and we'll take a look at them one at a time. And first, we'll see faith's outlook on the past. Before we look at it, let your mind for a moment go back. The view that this man takes on the past is this. I can let it go. The view that faith takes of the past and what's back there that hurts. And some of you have got that. Either because you did the wrong thing or someone did the wrong thing to you. Faith's view is, I can let that go. Listen to this. This is, I think, maybe even better. Faith's view of the good things back there that are going to tempt me to say, oh, I wish I was back in those good old days is also, I can let that go too. Is it harder to say amen to that? Yes, it is. To be in the present right now, trusting Jesus. And by the way, that is the thing I'm gonna come back to over and over again. This isn't just wishful thinking. This is the consequence of a man who says, my life is in Jesus' hands. You can, all of you can say that. If you will, then, then the way you face the past is radically changed. Here, here's uh, his expression of his outlook on the past. This is Philippians 3, and this is verses 13 and 14. He says this, this one thing I do. 
forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. The vocabulary here is from the world of athletics, straining forward, pressing toward the goal, striving for the prize. These are terms for these first readers that would have sounded like something a long distance runner would say. Someone who's got a sense of what's ahead and is working toward it with such vigor and determination that the last thing he could possibly do is turn around. It's obvious, but if you're going to succeed as a long distance runner, you cannot be looking back while you're moving forward. And his Conviction based on his experience in life is the same goes with me moving through the life that I have right now. I can't go forward if I'm going to be looking back. What kind of things are back there that are going to tempt you to look at them and keep you from joy? Does anything come to mind? Yeah. For some of you, it's going to be the things that you did wrong. Not just the mistakes that you made because you didn't know better, but the things you chose to do even though you knew better. It's, it's hard to acknowledge that, especially in a community of faith. But can some of us look back and say, it was a lot harder than it had to be because I did that thing and it was wrong. Paul, the author of these words, could have done that for sure. He looked back and saw a long list of sin that he was responsible for because he did it. But what he also saw when he looked back was that Jesus had come to save sinners. And he could say of himself, I'm the chief sinner of all of them. He could look at his own record and what he saw was a list of legal demands against him. But when he looked back, because he put himself in Christ, he saw that Christ came to take the legal record with its demands that were against us, rightly so, out of our hands and to take them and to nail them on the cross. And the truth is, Jesus has come to do that for every single one of you in this room without qualification. There is nothing that you must do first. He has already done that. And so that means that with regard to the past and every bit of guilt that you carry, whether it was from this morning, the way you talked on the way out of the house, or from years ago, this thing that you carry that nobody knows about, whether it's something that's obvious or that you put upon yourself, I should have been different with my son. Why why didn't I take that step with that friendship back there? Uh, why, why do I keep misrepresenting myself at work? Whatever it is, faith's view of that past is right there. I can let it go. You can. Because Jesus comes, and he is right now coming aside every single heart in this place and saying, in me, you're free. You're free. For, I came to die for your sin. You, you leave that. S- stop holding on to it. Same goes for the things that people have done to you in the past that have been really heavy. I know this. Some of you come into an environment like this and you carry heavy weights because of the failures of your parents or your friends or or those old friends or whatever, the, the place where you worked. In Christ, you're free to let that go. I think maybe the most challenging thing, at least for me in this season, in the past, is those things back there that make me say, man, it used to be good. Aren't we living through a time where some of the changes make us say, I wish it was 1980 again? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Some of those things back there in the way the world was, oh, we feel like it's changed for the worse. But listen now. When it comes to the past and faith's outlook on the past, 
Even those good things which will keep us nostalgic in a way that prevents us from seeing what's happening right now need to be let go of. Otherwise, we can't experience the present. And God is right here in the present. And so the, the first outlook that you are personally invited to take, every one of you is invited to take this outlook on the past, is I can let it go. And whether you will or not is up to you. And I want to tell you this as clearly as I can because of who God is in Christ. The one who came to walk the road that sinners tread for them. Because of that, you are free to let go all of that sin and all of that misery and all of that mess. Because of who God is in Christ, the one who is not dead, Jesus is alive. And he's here right now with you. And he's saying, yeah, I, I know. I remember how good the music was back in the 80s. You can still listen to that. But come on, be in the present. Because that's where he is. And for every one of you, he's here in the present. For every one of you. For those of you who have been walking with Jesus forever, for those of you who are new to church, for whom this is a new thing, coming each week and seeing, is there something here for me? Yes, there is. It's the Lord who comes and says, first of all, with regard to the past, you let it go. All right, what about the present? What is faith's outlook on the present? Again, I'm gonna give you the outlook and then we're gonna talk about scripture. Oh, I love this. You put yourself into Jesus' hands, and this is what you can say about the present. I can make it through. I'm talking right now about the person who, who trusts Jesus. And if you're wondering, what does that mean? I'm gonna put it in a non-religious way because this is what it means. You ready? Imagine a girl has climbed a very tall tree and she's stuck at the top, and she can't get down. And then her father climbs up, but he can't get to the very top. The branches are too thin up there. And for her to get out, she has to let go, and he's going to catch her. If she's going to trust him, if she's going to have faith in him, it means letting go and believing that he's going to catch her. That's what I mean when I say trusting Jesus. You, you are invited to do that right now, spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, all of the ways that a person can be, you can trust him. If you will, then this right here, you are invited to have that outlook on no matter what you are going through. Uh, here, this is another sentiment expressed by this man, Paul, in the letter to the Philippian church. Look at this. This is Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. All things not most things, all things. Can you imagine having that outlook on the present? You might say, maybe if everything was going my way, maybe I can remember back that stretch in, in the 90s, but not anymore. I don't think I can. If my life were easy, I could say that. Listen to this. When, when these words were written, the author was in a jail cell in Rome. Have some of you visited Rome? You've been to the Colosseum? where they chained Christians up, where they held them in a little tiny stone room, no water or food, no care. It was just, you're gonna be wrapped up in chains right here until the empire decides whether to let you go or feed you to the lions. Paul was there when he wrote that. And he didn't mean, this is very important, he didn't mean that whatever I set my mind to, that's what I'll be able to accomplish. Maybe you wish that were true. It's not true. 
I thank you for giggling like that. I, I mean, I appreciate that so much because sometimes we wish that whatever we set our mind to, we could do it. But when we're being honest, we know that's not how life works. It's not. There are a lot of things you will never be able to do that you wish you could. And that's okay. Listen, it's okay because you're not all by yourself and you need the people around you to do the things for you that you can't do for yourself. Thank God that he's made us limited. We're, we're people who cannot do all the things that we wish, and that's why we have to rely on the other people around us who can do those things that we cannot do. He, he said this, I can do all things, meaning this. You ready? Whatever I have to go through because I've decided to be faithful to Jesus, I'll make it through. And that's the truth. Whatever fidelity to my Lord requires of me, that I can make it through. Whether it's, whether it's joy-inducing on the surface or grief-inspiring, I can make it through. Why? Why would he say that? He says that because he knows from his own experience that when he has to walk through something that's impossible, his Lord Jesus is right there with him so that in faith, he can make it through. So that, listen to this, if being in Christ requires being in chains, he can make it through that. And think of your own life right now, your own present can you make it through? Listen, frightening things, uh, complicated things, unpleasant things, scary things, dreadfully lonely things. I am not being hyperbolic right now. In this room, there are more than a handful of you who, when you lay down tonight, you'll be facing things that are too much, too scary, too frightening, too complicated. Listen, as long as you are walking with Jesus, no matter what you have to go through, you can make it through. Maybe you are in the midst of your own spiritual or emotional imprisonment. And you see this statement right here and you think, I can't do it. It's too heavy. I can't carry that. It's too grievous, I can't bear it. I'm not strong enough. You are correct. You're not strong enough. But the beauty of, of the statement in the scripture there is that it does not say, I can do all things through the strength that I have, but through him who strengthens me. And my dear friends, you have never dared to dream how much you matter to Jesus. And you've never even come close to estimating his capacity, uh, his strength and his power. And the truth about your life right now, this is the present, is that he attends to every moment. There has never been a tear that you shed that he wasn't aware of and that he hasn't held as if in a bottle because it's precious to him. And he promises to be present with you in faith. You open yourself to him and at every single step of the way, he will be right there beside you, called alongside you because of how much he cares about you. And if you would just tell God where you're weak, then what you would discover is that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. Uh, did you hear that? I hope so. Maybe you're a mom who went from feeling like life is challenging to knowing that this thing I face with my daughter, my son, is impossible. You can make it through. Maybe your marriage is a grind. It's a bore. It's in pieces. Maybe it's over. You can make it through. 
Maybe being a Christian in your school means that you stand out in a way that makes it really hard for you. You can make it through. Maybe the loss of that beloved friend means grief that is too heavy for you to manage. You can make it through. There is no road that you will have to walk in faith that Jesus won't join you on and empower you to make it through. Can I hear an amen from somebody? You do not need to lose your joy now because of the things that are outside of your control. Accept your limitation, trust Jesus, and take faith's perspective on the present. I can make it through. Whether you do that or not is up to you. All right, last one. How about the future? What about faith's outlook on what's down the road? Here it is. I can trust God. With the next steps that I can't see, with the outcome that's still uncertain, with everything that I wish I knew but I don't, God is trustworthy and I can trust him with the future. I know that you're worried about something. I don't have to ask, oh, maybe you're worried about something. You are. (laughs) Everyone is. Everyone has something down the road. Maybe just tomorrow or the next day or or the years ahead and you don't even want to think about it. And you know this, as long as you're anxious, you can't feel joy, right? Those two things can't exist in the same heart at the same moment. Whatever anticipation is bothering you now, maybe it's with friends or with work or with a spouse or it's the anticipation of another lonely day or, or your children or your parents or whatever. You let that come into your mind and listen to these words from Paul. This is Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's guidance there and and, and there's a promise there. The guidance, it it may seem too good to be true for anyone who deals with, with anxiety, but it's don't worry about anything. Again, don't forget, this is a man who had lots to worry about. Don't worry about anything at all. In everything and everything, with prayer and supplication, that is, with honest and frank and unvarnished speech to God, that supplication means coming to someone and just asking for it. Tell them exactly what you want, no matter what. Listen, there's nothing too small and nothing too large to fit into everything. Everything, whatever it is, you bring it to God. That's the guidance and the promise there is just so magnificent. It's not whatever you ask for, you're going to get it. We know that's not how it works. It's this, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which could never be defined or described or proved. It's impossible to even understand. It's beyond that. That peace will guard your heart and your mind. Do you want your heart to be guarded and your mind too? Yeah. 
The guidance here is tell God about it. Tell him. Friends, I know this. It doesn't mean that everything you ask for is going to come. And, and I'm going to be frank. The thing that you're afraid of this year might happen. I see friends here that I love who've had to face things that they would never have wanted to face. But you can trust God. You can. And that doesn't mean that you'll feel at all times that he is worthy of that trust. It means that you have made a decision to step forward in the direction that faith invites you to step because you're saying, I will trust him, and you can. You can trust him, and I can trust him, and we can trust him. Listen again to all three of Paul's convictions. And then listen now, decide what you're going to do with them. And before I go back, I'm gonna ask you now to decide. And you have to. Every one of you has to decide. Those of you who have decided to put yourself into Jesus' hands and have faith in him will have to decide again. And those of you who've never made that decision, you need to decide. Will you let go and fall into Jesus' care and if so, then will you choose to take faith's outlook on what's behind? Will you say this? I can let it go. Oh, I like that. I didn't think you were going to do that. That's pretty great. <laughs> I, th thank you for saying it. We need to hear other people around us say it. I can let it go. You can. How about this? I, I really didn't anticipate this, but I like it. Will you say of, of the present, I can make it through? I can make it through. Wow. My heart feels stronger than before I heard you say that. I mean it. How about of the future? I can trust God. I can trust God. Wow. Let's pray. God, for those of us who are in this room here or joining this gathering at a distance, for those of us who are feeling strong, and for whom things are good, would you help us have gratitude in our hearts for your provision? And then would you use us to be your light for others who right now are not feeling good, who are in the dark? Help us be good and faithful witnesses to your trustworthiness. Help us stand beside those who are grieved over their own sin in the past and say to them, it's okay, you can let it go. Jesus Christ, my Lord, forgives you. And for those of us who are in this moment right now feeling confident and are standing beside someone who is coming to pieces because of, of the lack of control they have over everything that's happening, would you help us put our arms around their shoulders, either literally or metaphorically, and say, you can make it through. Because Jesus, my Lord, is walking with you. Open yourself to his care and let him be your guide through this rocky path. And then, God, for those of us who are confident when we look down the road, help us find someone who's not and stand beside them as they look down the road and, and with sincere faith say, you can trust God. I'll trust him for you and with you in this season. We thank you for the body of Christ that you are building up here at Renaissance Church. We thank you for those who have been walking with you for many, many years. Help us hear through their wisdom, your voice. And we thank you also that you are welcoming onto this journey folks who are brand new in faith. Build us up together on this journey so we all together 
can be people in this year who rejoice always in you, who, who let the joy that is ours because of your provision feed us like a feast or make us uh, so happy we lose control like at a dance or, or help us be like people who are waking up in a, in a garden that has everything we need. We love you in Jesus and we thank you in Jesus and it is, and it is in his name that we pray. Amen.